0: Hello, and mm-hmm. welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, June 29th, 2017. <laughs> we already got interrupted. Otherwise- <laughs> <laughs> I would've
1: just edited it out. Otherwise, you didn't even uh, have to reference don't it. Don't silence your phone day. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: <laughs> Otherwise known as Waffle Iron Day. Mm. So technically, I guess not a food day. It's more of a, a celebration of the tool as opposed to the product.
1: Yeah, I but guess. But still
0: food adjacent. We're still, we're still going day. strong.
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a flapjack guy.
0: Oh, really? You, you'll take pancakes over waffles? <laughs> 10 times out of 10 Aren't
1: days a week. Are really?
2: flapjacks actually just like fried bread dough. It's a little bit different than pancakes. Are they right? really?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh, I just well, he it just that. means, pa- I guess, pancakes. How do pancake you know? Maybe like a- I am really refined in my pancakes. No, mm. no, 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 no. It's
0: just normal pancakes. That's my go-to. Ben, All you right. taking waffles or pancakes?
2: I like waffles. I like the crispy texture.
0: Yeah. I, I'll take waffles over my- pancakes too. Really? Dang.
1: It's yep. just the ratio, the like, The syrup to bread ratio. Okay, I can see that. I
0: can see that. But the texture, you got to agree, that's a better texture. (sighs) Kind of,
1: yeah. Good waffles are good. Good waffles are good. (laughs) Bad waffles, though, suck so much.
2: No one ever ever turned a pancake into an ice cream cone.
0: Ooh, there you go. Makes a point. point. Or less sandwiches, too, I guess. Anyway, chicken and waffles
1: is good, too. Anyways, go for it, Chris. What are you working on this week?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to do the old. I'm Chris Salamone from (laughs) Flores Furniture and with me as always Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hello. All right. So since Mike already asked me, I guess I will go first. So what am I working on? I've got actually two projects in the can now, but I haven't edited either of them yet. The uh, Modern Nelson bench and then the coffee table, that first coffee table. Those are Everything's done with it. And now I'm kind of back to designing the dining room table for my, my parents, the one that I'm going to build for them. So,
1: very exciting.
0: Oh, yeah. I still it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. It's, well, it's like seven feet long, 40 inches wide. Remember, I, I think I said before it. So the part that's thrown me for a loop is that they have a built-in kind of seating thing, so you have to be able to slide behind it so it can't have the legs on the corners. It's got to be more like trestle style. Yep. So I've come up with a bunch of designs, and then I started kind of wandering into like Nakashima style stuff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what those dining room tables look like, but I was messing around with doing like a plywood Nakashima dining Mm -hmm. room table, and I can't decide if it's really cool or really stupid.
2: I think it's cool. (laughs) I think you should do it.
1: Yeah, it's worth it for the experiment.
0: Yeah. yeah, but then now here's the other thing. So I want to use Baltic birch plywood, and so I was calling around a few places, and it's really hard to find
2: eight-foot by four-foot sheets of. For Oh, because it's always the project panels, huh? They like
0: to do it in five-by-five, five. yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I, I can even get the five-by-ten really? panels oh, wow. out here. Damn, Boston. I got to move. Specialty <laughs> plywood place, Bolter's plywood. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I called. So just the, drive to Boston real quick, pick it up, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, I'll ship you. Well, <laughs> Ben's
2: coming
0: out to San Francisco potentially. I'll yep. have him. Uh, I'll have him carry it with him just and just like up. throw it out of the plane when he's going over LA. There you go. <laughs> Parachute it out to me.
1: Have you used Baltic birch before, though?
0: Yeah, I use Baltic birch on the um, uh, the wall hanging organizer thing. Is it that much say,
1: nicer than just yeah. normal plywood? Yes, the it plywood
0: is. lines are all, like if you want to build anything that that emphasizes plywood lines, that's that's the plywood to go with.
2: Oh, because it's It, it almost looks no like skateboard plywood. Yeah. Right. It
0: has, it, yeah, it has like a, it's usually like 11 cores, I think, whereas other plywoods are more, you know, like five, seven core type thing. Yeah. So it just looks like real neat and uniform. It's just it's like- also heavy. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's heavy. It's nice and stable. The, fr- the, the face of it looks almost just like maple-ish colored. You know, it's just like a nice, uh, light colored, modern looking piece of wood. So yeah, I mean- Unless I want to build something that's specifically a different, like walnut or cherry or something, I think any time I'm going to do light plywood from now on, I'm I'm going to go Baltic birch. And something like this, the whole point, if you're building this, you know, a Nakashima-style dining room table out of plywood, then obviously you want to emphasize the plywood part of it. So you want the nicest looking plies that you can get.
1: so when you build it you're going to be embracing the plywood. You're not going to oh, hide yeah. it at all or anything. Awesome. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz
0: if I yeah, if I wanted to do that I would definitely do it out of hardwood. I don't know. It was, it, I I got to keep playing with it. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it yet or not, but it's, it's do, an I, idea. I, I,
2: it sounds like a kind of a nice departure from what you normally do. So yeah. I'd like to see it. Cuz yeah. I'm sick of shit. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sick laughs> so you, you have
1: something like you got some sketch-up models of like a couple different ideas.
0: Oh, dude, I have like thirty of them. Uh, <laughs> Do a, a little slideshow. So f- many ideas.
1: Do dude. a little slideshow for the Instagram. I right. want to see them. No, yeah.
0: yeah. oh, not all Nakashima style. They're they, right. A lot of them are like kind of malu fish, and then just let like you see, it. Stuff. yeah. And all right, I'll, I'll throw see what some people, in
1: there. See if you can get some good comments or ideas from the listeners too.
0: Nice. How About what are you working on, Mike?
1: Um, finishing up this bathroom remodel. I should have it all done tomorrow which I'm very excited for uh, this weekend. I just got back from the woodworking event oh, yeah. in Oklahoma, which was a ton of fun. Uh, that was my first, I don't know what you would call it, but real interaction with a lot more YouTube creators and you know people that watch our content as well. So it was really cool getting to meet people, getting yep. to hear how many people are listening to the podcast. I don't think anyone that complimented just like you know the videos I'm making didn't also compliment the podcast. So that was so cool to hear. Yeah. So I figured I always let, I always told people I'd let you guys know. People are digging the podcast and that's really awesome to hear. But yeah, got to meet, you know, people that are doing what we're doing. Jimmy, uh, Johnny Brooks from Crafted Podcast, who I got a weekend interview for this Saturday. I wish I got more, but I just kind of got distracted in the whole, the whole thing of
2: it. You know, it's just. You also want to be in the moment and not always be about, content production
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. so it was a lot of fun got to talk youtube which isn't something i get to do all the time because you know i don't know anyone really that i hang out with other than you guys all the time to talk youtube with so right. it was a lot of fun and i didn't build anything but i've still got all the materials for that console table so that'll be my next project coming out of the bathroom remodel um aside I you from made that, made a
0: little knife right
1: oh yeah while i was there i made a uh little butter knife out of wood (laughs) it was like everything was just cut it out with a bandsaw then shape it all with the belt sander and a little dremel it was kind of fun to do yeah it was cool so that's what i got going on what about you ben
2: i got about seven half finished projects (laughs) littering both my workshop and my loft yeah Uh, working with leather yeah i had a really productive weekend had a whole bunch of friends over and we're just cranking out stuff. So we're starting to really get into production mode for the, the gallery show that's coming up. So we made, uh, we finished a camera case uh, for my sister. It's pretty cool. It uses the laser cutter, it uses a CNC, leather work, it's woodworking. It's it's like all kinds of things. Um, yeah. And the design's still a little too heavy and needs to be refined. And it's an interesting aesthetic. It's not exactly mine, but uh, it. You know the the feedback we've gotten from the sort of Instagram teaser posts have been, you know, really, really like people that I don't normally hear from are are really drawn to that sort of layering of the materials. So it looks very high end. Uh, It looks like some sort of kind of more abstract. You know expensive louis vuitton type piece of furniture
0: yeah or i mean
2: a luggage or something like that so that's been a fun project and we're we're happy to have the sort of first draft of it done so gotta gotta edit a video of that then we did another sort of bag which i haven't teased yet out of corian Ooh. and uh leather um which is you know the purse that i've always needed and corian um, but-
1: that's what they normally they make a lot of countertops out of corian right
2: yeah, so that's been my favorite CNC material so far because it's so stable. It machines really nicely. I've made all these different plates with it, which I'm now sending to a, a, one of my food blogger friends to, to stage and shoot. Nice. Um, and it comes out of the out of the, the Carvey little machine. It, it's like perfect for that. I can put in a, an 8-inch by 12-inch little plate of half-inch corian, and get, like, a finished product out, like, three hours later. Yeah. And it's, like, smooth and done. I, maybe I can polish it a little bit, but you don't really need to. And yeah. is it just, like, um,
0: homogeneous all the way through? Like, you know, consistent yeah. color and everything? Yep.
2: It's, okay. like, yeah, it's,
0: like,
2: yeah. it's a very futuristic uh, material. So, it's sort of, like, an ultra-hard uh, acrylic. Is it so, expensive? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, it's expensive. Um, but I got, well... I mean, it depends on how you look at it for, I went and bought a whole sheet of half inch thick that was three feet by six feet and it cost me about 200 bucks. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. But when you consider how many projects you're getting out of that.
0: Yeah, if you're making smaller stuff out of it, it's not bad. Right. Or,
2: you know, if I could make like a really nice coffee table, just heat form that whole piece, for example, right? I mean, it'd be huge for that, but, you know, you and, and, and it looks really expensive. So that's been really fun. Uh... I'm what else am I working on I got a welder
0: yeah I saw that
2: exciting joining the club and so I wasn't didn't quite have welding projects ready but a friend of mine that I went to undergrad with uh, he wants to make a rocking chair for his wife so he's taking a really traditional like very beautifully handmade wooden chair and then he's welding these like steel trusses that are curved that are going to go onto that regular chair like shoes oh, so wow. you can turn it into a rocking chair <laughs> yeah um, so it'd be kind of cool to mix the sort of old-fashioned wood with these sort of removable rocking chair additions yeah um, so we'll see it's going to be a pretty challenging project to get the curved trusses like right and we're just using like quarter inch steel but literally building them like structural trusses um so we went through did the first one Uh, weren't anywhere close to getting it uh, workable yet, (laughs) Uh, but we sort of got the technique of our welding technique a little bit less horrible. So yeah, lots of half finished projects. Um, Oh, and I made a frame saw off of a suggestion uh, that somebody, a listener gave. So last time when I was talking about making those 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 benches out of those big beams, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, you know, I want to figure out another way to sort of resaw them, or maybe have a party where everyone comes over and saws on it for a little bit. Someone on Twitter sort of su- suggested that I check out uh, this company that makes frame saws, mm. and I, n- I had never heard of a frame saw before. Uh, so go ahead, Google it. let see what. I'm yeah, talking that's about. what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use Bing. Um, so <laughs> yeah. No, you not. Bing. No I one only uses- I not. use Bing to find my <laughs> nearest Applebee's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so but no, they're they're pretty cool looking. Right, so I made one, uh, a really janky-ass one. Uh, <laughs> so I got, bought a, a bow saw, like a cheap bow saw from Home Depot, and then sort of rebuilt a new frame out of an old shovel handle and some uh, threaded rods. So I'll, I'll put a picture of it up on the, on the, on the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram account. I haven't tried cutting with it. I don't know if it will, the blade will be tight enough, but I think with the threaded rod, I can keep adjusting it to keep the blade tight. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it'll take a while, but <laughs> I think it should work. I wanted to use just a regular sort of like dove, you know, like a regular just handsaw, but they all, the teeth are way too small. On That's all what of them. I was thinking too, yeah. So it's those bow saws, you know, have the really big teeth for like cutting logs right. and stuff. So a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, But, uh, yeah, just feeling feeling the stress of this gallery show coming up and got to produce a ton of pieces for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How long are you out from it? I know it's been a while since you talked about it.
2: Uh, I think, like, I think we pushed it back a little bit just because of the venue. Yeah. Um, And I think we're going to shoot for sort of mid-August.
1: Ooh, it is closing in pretty quick. Yeah. Nice. It's like the nervous and excited at the same time.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to having, uh, you know, couple parties and events and this is really just sort of the launch of the first one and then you know we're gonna basically if people you know want to get participate in the next one they can kind of put down their information sign up and uh, hit me up and join a little mini project team and work with some other people that have complementary skill sets and make stuff for the next show
1: sweet well this week um past couple weeks actually we've kind of been talking a little bit of like back-end YouTube stuff so we figured we'll bring it back to actually making kind of what this podcast is about and Ben had a good idea about just kind of talking about what we enjoy why why probably we're actually into making and just kind of like what is fun about making for each of us individually so I'm just gonna let Ben kind of explain it because it's his idea
2: so the, the the topic for this week is fun yeah so how do you make fun and how do you make uh, making fun um, <laughs> and for me I think well you know this, this it's it's on a few different levels one I think certain certain aspects of making are viscerally enjoyable you know, one right. of the things I was doing today was I was uh, hadn't used a belt sander in a long time like a stationary bench top belt sander and I had these big glued up blocks of two by sixes that I'm I'm basically making these big faceted diamond-looking blocks that I'm going to use to make concrete molds. Uh, so I'll pour silicone over these wood blocks. So I was just sort of taking them and freehand shaping them on uh, the benchtop belt sander. I put on like a you know forty grit uh, belt, so it's just just whizzing yeah, I right. I was
1: about to say it is aggressive. Right. So it was just
2: <laughs> it was fun. It was yeah. one of the more just viscerally tactily fun making things I've done in a while just watch out for those fingernails I was on the roof deck yeah I was on the roof deck you know just sawdust going everywhere all over my blueberry bushes and stuff but uh it was so fast you could quickly just sort of there was no real plan design I had a rough concept and I just you know used the tool to sort of shape it eyeball it change it a little bit more so it was just very relaxing. It took me about two hours to do all three blocks, but it was just enjoyable. I had had the headphones on, listening to music, just just cruising right through it. So that's one of the reasons why I sort of was thinking about this topic. Is there's there's a lot of things like that that are really fun. So I'd love to hear your guys' things on that. Um, but then the other thing is this more, you know, probably the more meaningful part is how it how these types of things lead to sort of satisfaction.
0: Yeah. And
2: you know, I, I've had a lot of different parts to my career, but the times where I feel like the greatest sense of accomplishment, they aren't like the big sort of like monetary moves or signing deals that have happened with like sort of, you know, tech or architecture firms. There's something sort of so specifically satisfying about finishing building something yeah. that you're really excited about. Right. Um, so I thought we, we would share, you know, both the, the tendencies of how we enjoy these things and how they bring sort of, you know, happiness and, and fun into our life. Um, and also a few anecdotes of what were some of our <laughs> what were some of our best days making. Yeah, you know that was the first thought that I had when you brought up the topic
0: was I was just thinking about fun, and fun is such a subjective thing. Like you know, there's things that I might consider fun that other people would hate, and vice yeah. versa. But I think that something that actually is almost universally fun is the feeling of accomplishment, or you know, just that. And it's not the same kind of fun, it's not fun in the way of like, whee, I'm going on a roller coaster or whatever I don't know. <laughs> it's like satisfying
1: but almost exactly, yeah, yeah it's just, just like a,
0: it's yeah, it's just very rewarding feeling, and I think that almost that is kind of like a universal fun or thing that people interpret as fun, in fact, yeah I, <laughs> This is kind of off on a tangent, but I was reading something the other day um, about why kids like watching the same movie over and over. Oh, okay. Or like listening to the same song mm-hmm. over and over. And it's basically because, because they don't understand so many things, but when they keep seeing something over and over, they start to they start to be able to predict what's happening. And mm-hmm. so that's like a universal form of fun oh, is being able to predict things. It's that and sense like- of accomplishment. Exactly. <laughs> so that's
1: why I watched Napoleon Dynamite so much. <laughs> yeah, because you know what's going to happen next and now you feel proud of yourself.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's why, you know, video games have are hard and challenging because th- there's there's struggle or satisfaction uh kind of equate to each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there are games like Minecraft where you just kind of Mindlessly build, and or games like SimCity City where you're not really competing against an objective, you're but you're kind of getting this the joy of making. But I would say there's probably more cases of games where they're like specifically challenging, either with strategy or with like physical dexterity. Yeah. What I think about what's interesting about sort of uh, uh, making and stuff is that you, if you take on challenges you can kind of get both. You can get both kind of the SimCity kind of Minecraft fun of like just seeing stuff come together, but you can also get the sort of overcoming difficult challenges kind of thing. Yeah, I I think struggle is, you know, the the right kind of struggle is enjoyable, Um, Uh especially the ones where a lot of the things are under your control. And I think that's why people, you know, I've talked, I've had friends that love playing video games and they worked hard at being good at video games, but they didn't work hard at like anything else in their life. And it was just like, <laughs> and I think it was because they got more satisfaction because it was a controllable defined world where they felt like the real world was just so many random things were happening. They just get discouraged and give up. I think when you, when you sort of are putting together the right type of project for your set, it's, it can be the same way you get right. to sort of define the world. You get to sort of define the expectations And as long as you're not in a hurry or, you know, doing it for a client, you get to sort of set the rules for the game and then play it out. And for that little moment, if you have everything that you need and you don't need anybody's help for it, you can kind of uh, uh, struggle, but in a way where you kind of know all the aspects of struggle. So it kind of, when I have a day of making, it's a much simpler day than it's a day of sort of business where I'm like talking to brands and working out a deal, uh, talking to my, my lawyer or my real estate agent about you know property and zoning and all those things. All those things have frustration because it's like a lot of trying to figure out what other parties are doing. The days where I just know, okay, there's a few sheets of plywood in the workshop. I got the tools, the batteries are all charged. I got a new audio book or something like that that I'm into and it's like my whole day is defined. Yeah. And I know there'll be things that come up but I can just like just crush the work and just like afterwards I feel great even if I don't finish or I go way behind. it's It's just a very peaceful thing because I'm sort of defining the struggle that I'm gonna go through.
0: Let me ask you guys this, think of a bunch of people that you know and say that you could set aside like, you know, a day or two with each of those people and you said, okay, what's something that you would like to have or that you need and we're gonna build it. Do you think that almost all of those people after the fact would think it was fun? Um, I think it depends on what you're doing as long as it's not too
1: complicated um to where they're set up for success because I think a lot of that enjoyment, especially with making, is having a project actually come out after you've spent six hours, three hours, eight hours working on something yeah. right um to spend all that time and then have it just not look good or not be functional. then right. it gets to where it's like discouraging, and that is the antithesis of fun so <laughs> You know what I mean? It's kind of that uh, that dynamic is I think it depends on the people, too. Yeah, very true. Right.
2: Some of my other designer friends, uh, it would be we'd be more fun if we were all hanging out together, building three separate projects than building one project because they all Mm -hmm. have like really strong design ideas. And then it's constantly sort of a compromise being nice. (laughs) Even when their ideas are shitty. Uh, (laughs) Even when I know I'm right. We would have a ton of fun if we were all building like a bench or a chair at the same time, and we're all doing it in the same room or in the same shop with different materials or the same materials. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, my non-designer friends tend, you know, when when they come over and I'm, I'm building something, they they always want to help and participate. Mm-hmm. They like that. That looks like fun. Um, so I definitely get people always saying, "Hey, when are you building? When are you building something? I want to come over. I want to hang out. I want you know. I want to watch. I want to help out." So. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is pretty fun.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of I was thinking of all the people in my head that I know. And the only one that pops into my head that I think would not find it fun was my brother. But then I was thinking, well, he's a musician. So he like, you know, he enjoyed making music and like the outcome of that. And, uh, you know, he used to be like very into Magic the Gathering or like Hearthstone, like those kind of strategy games. But and why he, do you think
1: he wouldn't like it?
0: I think that, I don't know, I just think he would have no interest in it. So, like, it would have to be, maybe if I could find that project that he would really like, but I don't know, I just see him being very uninterested in it. Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. I've done it, you know, I've had my wife build things before where, you know, maybe she wasn't that interested in it, but she was just like, oh, I'll try it or whatever, and she had fun doing it. So, I think most people, like, probably 95% of people probably would say, yeah, that was fun, or that was, they would get that sense of accomplishment from it, but... He's the only person that popped into my head is like, meh, I don't think that's for him.
1: Yeah, and then again, people also, different people value that satisfaction at different levels. So Mm -hmm. obviously, because we've chose to just do it all the time, when you have something that goes right, you have a piece that you've worked on, we probably get more excited about that than the average person. Yeah, that's true. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, To where some people spend the time, it comes out great, and they're like, oh, that's cool, but maybe it wasn't worth it, you know, the the give-and-take in terms of the amount of time and effort you put into it. Maybe they get the same amount of satisfaction from just cooking good food, or just, you know, whatever it is that might have ta- might take 10 minutes or, you know, or at least like 10% of the time, and then you got to value that as well.
0: See, that's one of the things, actually, the, the cooking of food, cooking food is, I think, a really interesting... So, I don't like cooking, really, that much. But, yeah. like, if you tell me, Oh hey, go make your son a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, I'll really put like all my focus 110%. into making like a pretty, you get and, your like a special these- little
2: measuring tool. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> using Sand a it on pencil. Pencil.
0: No, I really do. Like, I I take a lot of pride Never in like, making. Never uses too a- much jelly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's like
0: the glue.
1: Yeah, just for, the right for real. PB to J Chris, ratio. Yeah, I feel like you're under. You probably underdo it. It's probably pretty peanut butter heavy.
0: It. Oh, I I definitely. Uh, I, I would definitely put more peanut butter than jelly But well, keep going. Do Sorry. Sorry. I'm no, I, I'm here. just saying like I would I would take a lot of Satisfaction in being like I'm gonna make the prettiest and best tasting peanut butter and jelly sandwich I'm not just gonna right. throw it on some untoasted bread. Wait, you make peanut butter and jellies on toasted You got to toast up. Otherwise, ben, it's just mush are on you, mush. savage what?
1: I'm the only person here that no, I don't. I, I don't toast. It. Oh, okay, good. I uh, feel like I'm that a was
2: texture guy, yeah, man. It.
0: Just like with the waffles. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get that crunch texture.
2: No, if I wanted it, if I wanted it toasty, I'd, I'd go grilled cheese. That's the hundred percent correct. Yep. Correct application, of <laughs> Toasted bread. It's too complicated for Chris.
0: I, I, you know, every sandwich <laughs> I make has toasted bread. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And you know, what about, I used to be a sandwich a, artist.
1: A George Foreman grill.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait,
2: yeah. what about for like the actual just physical parts of making? Like, okay, is there. Is like an individual Venice, process or something right, like is there that? Right, so something where you just kind of like, is there a specific task that you look forward to uh, versus ones, ones that you really, really dread? You
1: know, I was I was, uh, I was, was putting some edge banding on walnut plywood. This was a few projects ago, and it was one of the first times I ever tried a block plane. Uh, we talked about it, me and Chris, last week in show, I think, but it seems like every time I get a router with a flush trim bit, I always... Quit paying attention for a split second, and my and my uh, bit veers from parallel, and I either mm. dig into the dig into the veneer or something like that, and it always upsets me. Um, so I guess there's a process that I don't enjoy, but I did find as an alternative that just not worrying about speed and just kind of what like kind of what you said, put on a podcast, put on an audio book, and then just spend twenty minutes flushing up all of that edge banding with a block plane. Is oddly satisfying just having those curls Making things kind of just flush. Go off. I think
2: is satisfying in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things is wood pegs, and then using the flexible yeah. <laughs> Japanese handsaw or any sort of flexible trim saw to cut yeah. wood pegs flush to the surface. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I did the, the 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 two two by four bench, I had like a whole bunch of these little wood dowels sticking out. I was like, oh yeah, now just gonna go through and just like saw, like I was looking forward to that step.
1: Yeah. But then again, with that same idea, I really think if I had to flatten a tabletop with a hand plane, I would hate it. It's almost like in a certain quantity, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But to a degree, once it's just like, I'm doing it for three hours straight, I'm gonna be like, oh God, this is terrible. I mean, I would have to, I haven't done it, but I would imagine.
0: I I would imagine it's something where once you got good at it, you'd probably like get into like a trance where it was almost like meditative. But I I think think for
1: the people that are like all hand tooly, that just kind of like use a ton of hand tools or even just don't even use power tools. I think that's what it is. It's just, you get into like a meditative state when you're working on something for a long period of time that I have yet to be in, yeah, at 20. least with hand tools.
0: I've kind of gotten into that. Like there've been times where I'll usually try to listen to something while I'm working, but sometimes when I'm, when I know it's going to be like a complex day of angles and all that, I don't want to listen to something because I know I'm not going right. to be paying attention to it. And so yeah. there are times where I've found myself like, you know, I'll go in, I'll be like, wow, I was just out there for like four hours, like just with my thoughts and putting stuff together. Oh
2: yeah. Whereas, yeah, like- I think I think the projects that I, for the project types that I enjoy the most are the simple ones that take a reasonable amount of time. So I think ones like the power carving ones or like the the carving the steel table with the angle grinder. I think those projects are really fun for me because I, I kind of know, where it's going. And, but I also know that there's a big chunk of work ahead of me, but it's like, it's easily defined. So it's like, okay, (laughs) I I gear myself, I'm going to spend a few hours with the angle grinder and just, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few hours. I don't have to think about, did I have enough of this supplies? Do I have enough of this? There's not a lot of unknowns. It's just a good amount of work in a few amount of steps. So I tend to actually enjoy a certain ratio of tedious labor, uh, with sort of simplicity to the project. For some reason, those ones I just like when I plan out the day. It, I just look forward to it more when it's that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Do you guys have any particular projects that that you've done on your channel that you thought were most fun or least fun?
2: Ooh. I think yeah, the steel table was the is the, is the recent one that that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just it was again I like I think I think it's also because I liked the way it was coming out so much. Um, yeah. And it, and it was also novel. Uh, which added to the enjoyment. Um, I think like the least fun were her, like the more like the, the zip tie chair that I did a long Mm -hmm. time ago. Oh, really? Um, It was just, it was just a lot of wrestling with zip ties and sort of pinching (laughs) your (laughs) finger, pinching your fingers and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was also just, I wasn't sure if it was going to line up or figuring out the right way to sort of uh, interlace the zip ties together. Things like that tend to be a little bit, stressful, because you can do a ton of work, and it might not work out great. I mean, that yeah. one did, so it was, it was awesome, and it was enjoyable at the end, and all that frustration then translates to happiness, uh, <laughs> right. because you struggled more. <laughs> but enjoying it through the process are the ones that are more simple. I think, you know, give me an angle grinder and a big chunk of wood or a chunk of steel. I like it. Concrete can be really frustrating as well, because it's really heavy. You do all the heavy lifting and then it might not come out great. It might crack or something like that. Yeah. So there's that sort of disappointment. And mixing concrete is never fun. <laughs> At least that hasn't been for me. That and yeah. digging holes. Yeah. I hate digging. I remember digging I had. A hole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember I did a doghouse video probably about, I don't know, eight oh, months yeah, the ago. Doghouse, yeah. Yeah. My most recent one. And. I built that one with a friend. He he had a dog, or he got a dog, and was like, "Hey, do you mind helping me with a doghouse?" I said, "Yeah, as long as I can film it and put it on my YouTube channel, yeah." And I remember that was really fun having someone in the shop that doesn't build things a lot. He's not like completely new to tools, but you know he doesn't have a ton of experience. If y'all can hear that dog barking, I'm sorry. I can't. I That's, That's cute. Perfect timing. Man, I know as soon as I started talking, sorry. There it is again. (laughs) This is how Jimmy Duresta feels, I guess, living (laughs) in the city. Now I know what it's like. Living in Dog City. That was a really cool experience having someone just to kind of talk to while you're building stuff and kind of share all of the less fun tasks like painting, sanding, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It made the less fun parts funner because even though you're both doing something not so fun, you can talk and have fun. You know what I mean? And just it's talk immiserate. and whatnot with each other. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to focus on the painting. You can just have a conversation. That and just having extra pairs of hands to line stuff up is actually really convenient too. So that, I remember that was a fun experience that I should probably do more where I've got someone else in the shop with me. It's fun. Things go by faster. I mean, we built that whole doghouse in about a day and a half. And if I did it by myself, it probably would have taken more than twice that long. You know, mm-hmm. even though even though it's half the amount of hands right just having Getting two people combine. Exactly. So that was a fun experience.
0: Yeah. I think for me probably my most fun one was probably the bad Larry. And I think it was because I am I get like anxiety when I'm building things for the first time and since that was something that I was not building for the first time, I knew how I I knew that I knew how to do it and every step that I needed to take for it to come out. Right. So I had the confidence of like not second guessing myself as I was doing things. And then also just cause I, I, really wanted the result. And I, I thought it was like, uh, I guess it was just like cause you cause knew I won- it
1: was going to be worth it. Exactly. Like, you're yeah. Like, oh, it was something so that I really
0: sweet. wanted to have and like, had been wanting to have for a while and was like, okay, now's my chance to do it. Um, uh-huh. probably the least fun, maybe the gnocchi boards just because it was, building 10 of them. If it was just building one of them, it'd be fun because it's just like one little project to knock out, but you know. You
1: didn't get into like a meditative zone on those? Eh, I didn't (laughs) want to meditate
0: with my hands next to the router. Good point, yeah. (laughs) Routers are scary. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say, and it's funny because I would say the times that I actually enjoy in the shop are always the small accomplishments. So like, you know, finishing the project, you get the, now everything's done, you know there's nothing left to worry about, you've accomplished something. But like at the end of each day being like, okay, I knocked out all these pieces that I needed to knock out. And then like just putting everything away and like seeing them sitting there on the workbench and having that like mini sense of accomplishment. Like, you know, we finished stage one or something and now I got three more stages to go until everything's done. Those are the parts that I enjoy. But when I'm actually like doing things, I'm always just worried about messing them up. So I I don't get the time to enjoy it. But actually I think a good, example of that would be in making this coffee table where I'm making it for the second time and being able to compare and contrast that first time that I built it where it was the first thing that I designed compared to now it being the latest thing. And just getting to, um, I I think that's illustrated the progress that I've made more than anything else. Because I'm doing, I'm making everything come out almost exactly the same as it was that time, but approaching it so much more differently and so much more efficiently and being able to see like, oh wow, I actually have improved.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a project where I can where it's like there's a barometer set for mm-hmm. progress like that. That would be kind of fun to do. I don't know if it's going back and doing a project I've already done or something similar to where you can say like, oh, I remember last time I was trying to do right. whatever process it is. It was a huge headache.
0: Yeah, it'd um, be kind of cool to like take so yeah. your project that you botched the most and be like, okay, I'm oh. going to redo it again in a year from now.
1: I mean, you know, I just don't botch anything, though. I'm just too good. It's too yeah. good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what what uh what would be some tips that you would give to people if they had sort of frustrating experiences with making something and you know, they they like the idea of this as sort of a hobby or pastime. Uh are there any ways that you can approach making to make that will make it more fun? Simplify. Um
1: Instead of trying to build, I don't know, something crazy on your first few projects, figure out. So for instance, a dining table I made a while back. It's just a simple dining table with hairpin legs. Instead of going through the process of making some kind of crazy solid top where everything's like doweled or dominoed or something together. I said, how would somebody that's building one of their first few projects go about being able to build a dining room table? That you can't tell is made with a really, really simple construction method, so instead of doing all that stuff that I just said, I built a really simple frame for the tabletop to sit on top of, mm-hmm. to where all the slats... I did end up gluing all the slats together, I think, but without that frame underneath, I don't think it would have been structurally sound, so I just had horizontal slats that all of the norm, the top slats were able to attach to. Mm. Okay, that so way instead you of having to
0: t- attach them to each other, you could attach mm-hmm. them all to this base or whatever. And
1: instead of worrying about wood movement all that much, obviously it's, it's an issue and all that, but without all the boards being joined together so much, uh-huh. more relying on the frame underneath, it's not a thing where you have to worry about wood movement. I don't have breadboard ends. I don't have all this nonsense that complicates the design mm-hmm. or at least the process. Right. It actually keeps the design pretty constant. Uh, visually, things don't change, but it's just the method of building it changes. So, I think that's big. Whenever you're first getting started, is just how do I make less headaches through the process?
2: Yeah, I think that's the thing: is the removal of of likely points of frustration. Yep. Right. So it might mean using materials that you have an excess of, so you don't have just the right amount, because that adds stress. Because if you make yeah. one mistake, oh. you gotta do another trip <laughs> to the Home Depot or something <laughs> like that. Um so for me that's that's definitely one thing, right? Having plenty of material on hand because the the trip to Home Depot often involves traffic and then that's like a mood changer and then it's a hassle <laughs> and then you're running out of light. Um so so one I think it's like sort of the not it's sort of a fine line between enough project planning to remove frustration, but not enough to feel like we've already finished a project before you've started actually physically building it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I mean, I like there to be a little bit of, like, you know, exploration and discovery along the way, whereas I feel sometimes when I draw it out perfectly on the computer, it's almost I already kind of know how the story works, and it's just like... You're just it can only it out. be negative or less than expected outcomes. Um, wow. Interesting. So, th- those are those are like a few things. The other thing that I think is a, is a part that I really enjoy and uh, is the sort of the project inception or uh, part, right? Like to, when you first get the idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this, this happens to me all the time, and that's why I have seven projects going at once, is that I'll get an idea that I like more than the idea I'm working on, <laughs> and then I can't stop thinking about anything else. I'm like, oh, my God, but this is so cool. <laughs> and that's so,
1: why you have seven projects behind
2: you. Exactly. All right? in I progress. Just keep cheating on <laughs> the old ones with the newer ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay so, loyal. It's actually Stay something up. I'd always... I'd always, I'd always tell my students to do, but I'm not always good at doing. Is I'd always talk about creative fidelity, <clears throat> right? Sort mm. of finishing the project that you're working with in a disciplined way before you move on to the next one. Well, kids, sorry, I don't always do that, um, <laughs> but it is a, it is a more disciplined, probably better professional way of handling things. But yeah. like today, I was, you know, scrolling through Pinterest, you know, looking for sort of an idea for one thing. And then I saw this like this this piece of architecture uh, it's this like Japanese like bridge museum and I saw it and I'm like oh snap I want to like do a steel version of that for like a coffee table. Oh wow. Okay. So now I have to move fast on it cuz you know the idea is out there. But that's one now, of the reasons <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I was like I was went and got the welder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so was, like, like
1: what kind of bridge are you like taking inspiration from?
2: Uh, I will post it on oh. The Instagram, the Modern Maker oh, Podcast. I Instagram. thought you were
1: about to say, "I will let you know when the video comes out." Yeah. No,
2: but well, form those yeah. ideas. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make a steel version of it. And I don't know if it'll yeah. work. I don't know if it'll weigh a million pounds. Um, but when I saw that, it's like that was just just been stuck in my head, and then I'm like looking at all my other projects, and I'm like, f these projects. I want to do that. <laughs> these
0: Projects suck. <laughs> <So, so. laughs>
2: no, yeah. um, the they're all they're all great projects. I'm enjoying all. Of them. No, but um, <laughs> so I think that idea of of when you see something you get excited about, I think that's actually a really important point because a lot of the times we can kind of be like we can kind of be our own we can be our own sort of cynic and sort of shoot that down mm-hmm. uh, and like squelch that joy. And I think when I was younger and took myself more seriously as a designer, even if I had a fun idea to make something silly like a concrete lamp, in my twenties I probably wouldn't have done that because I'm like, no, I'm an architect. I'm doing serious you know building designs and stuff yeah. like that even if I would have enjoyed it, it was like, I wouldn't let myself have that fun because it was contrary to the identity I was trying to create for myself. Interesting. Whereas now I was like, I, I don't question it. If I get excited about it. Just go for I'm it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. W- you know, w- why not? And then if it doesn't work, okay. I'm confident <laughs> that some other idea will come that I'll get excited about. You know, think, another,
1: oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, so I
2: think that that's like a way too, is like when you get an idea that you think is kind of new or novel, go for it. Great example. I just saw uh i don't know why i, I didn't see it before it, may, it might have been posted later or we might have just missed it but it was a two two by four competition entry called the bobby pin table oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: it was a late entry we didn't miss it not our okay. fault it is in the video though
2: it's really cool
1: <laughs> yeah it's really neat yeah
2: yeah and it's just like oh he's looking at a bobby pin got the idea right that idea could have been shot down so many times What what's the name of the guy again that did it
1: uh, I honestly don't know, but it's a you really young channel. <laughs> okay, cool, I'll uh,
2: There's a lot of ways that you could say, wait, you're making a, a table that's shaped like a tiny little metal clip. Seems <laughs> like a bit of a stretch, right? So there there is tons of opportunity for that to get sort of shut down by himself. You know, you could have been like, oh, it's not practical, wood's the wrong thing, that would really be great for like a bent sheet metal project. But no, at some point you just say, I like this idea, it starts silly, but the finished product looks pretty high end and really nice, right? Um, and it's like works with this sort of the whole competition. It's a it's a great entry. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the guy
1: uh, the guy's name is Kevin uh, Larouche. Larouche. I don't know exactly how to say it. I got Larouche. Um, <laughs> probably uh, not Wilson. that one. Yeah, but uh, if you go to his YouTube channel, he's got uh, three project videos up right now, and I think they all kind of demonstrate a little bit of what we've been talking about today. So there's the bobby pin coffee table where you find uh, a specific source of inspiration and you just kind of go with it. But another really cool project that he has is, uh, the title of the video is DIY gravel toothbrush holder. And I remember seeing this video came out a week or so ago, but he made toothbrush holders by just getting little pieces of gravel and then essentially making toothbrush holder cups out of them. And it was just one of those uh, it was just like another ooh, I wonder if I could put these rocks together and make a cup out of it. So we did it and it came out looking really, really cool and really unique. Right. Um so I think Yes I mean I'm just Some, sometimes
2: it. it's really good just to suspend certain parts of judgment, right? Like yeah. like you get the initial idea and before you kill your own idea being like that's stupid, <laughs> who would ever want that? No one's it's a waste of time. Let the internet do that part. It's really, really good. you can sort of you do want to apply sort of critical thinking in terms of how you do it not all the reasons necessarily why you shouldn't Uh, right save those for safety and you know things like that um but i think that's another really fun part is just sort of like when you're looking at magazines or ideas and they don't even have to be you know related and just sort of you know letting your 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 mind when it does sort of ask a question, just listening to that question and being like, could I do that? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe I do this. And on the flip side, I think it can be frustrating when you're really too aggressively trying to look for inspiration. When oh, you're yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that can be really challenging for people like, I want to make a project. and I think this often ha- ha- uh, happens when people are specifically trying to look for an idea that will build them an audience on, on some sort of social media. I think it can get really frustrating. Um, But when you make it just about the joy of making and letting your own randomness let you make the things that you make unique, I think it can be a lot of fun.
1: And then unless you guys have another idea or another kind of uh, topic thrown off of the whole idea of fun, uh, I think here's like a decent one to close it out on is the idea of doing something that is obviously not too complicated, but something that just serves a need that you have. Yeah. If you want to talk yeah. about something that like fuels that satisfying fun want, uh, I think that's a great way. So in this bathroom remodel, this was an instance where I just didn't realize the fix was so simple. It's got a low shower head and that sucks so much. Yeah. The shower, that's like the worst thing in the world where you got to crouch under it to yeah. like wash your hair. But doing just five minutes of internet research, I had no idea they make these little S pipes. They obviously don't look as good as if you were to make a new outlet in your shower, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to, whatever that's called, but not a plumber, not trying (laughs) to like flood the whole house. So I went with the simple route and you want to talk about just, it took 10 minutes to do, but the impact that that's going to have for now until I'm no longer using that shower, that's 10 times more useful than just building something for the sake of building just having something where it's like i have that like reward payoff every day i take a shower yeah that was actually I take a shower when, every day
0: wow sometimes i you? try i try to a clean dude <laughs> that was no, one of the first no. things i was thinking about was yeah folk early on maybe focusing on utility a little bit more than perfection yeah. cuz yes. you're gonna, you're not going to do things that well the first time and sometimes i get frustrated like when it's the first time you're trying out a tool and or you know maybe like trimming the hardwood edges Mike so you know obviously if you did that all mm. day every day you're going to get really good at it but the first right. time you do it you're probably going to tilt the router and dig into something a little bit yep. and we have like a I think with power tools we have more of an expectation of everything always working perfectly because it's like right. oh it's you know it's doing all the work and all you have to do is guide it but that's not the right. case there still is like some muscle memory and being able to balance things and knowing how things are going to grab and what it's going to feel like. And and those are all things that you, you know, it's just a matter of time. It's just doing it multiple times where you get better at it. But if you can build something initially or build things initially that you have a need for so that even if you do have those little mess ups where maybe it didn't come out perfect, it's still going to be fine. It's still going to function the way that you want it to. And you'll still be able to get that sense of accomplishment from it. And, you know, it'll still have given you a chance to build up your skills and get a little bit more experience so that next time you can get closer to having it, yeah. you know, tick every box of satisfaction.
2: Yep. I, think, I think Mike's example is really good because it, it shows a few ways. One, it's increasing like day-to-day sort of satisfaction, right? It's like making his day-to-day life better. And there's so many things on day-to-day uh, sort of lifestyle that we experience that annoy us, but we don't actually just stop, take the time to address them. So uh-huh. one, that's like a really satisfying thing where all of a sudden you fixed it, and like, it's gonna be like a long time, you know, probably be like a month where you're still like, yeah, this is nice. I don't have to crouch underneath this anymore. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that you did that I think is interesting is that you had like good judgment in knowing your sort of limits, right? You knew you wanted to fix it. You know that there's the best way to do that, but you also knew that the outcome could have had all sorts of frustration. That could be both damaging (laughs) and like ruin all the fun. So it was like good judgment on sort of picking a path to implementation that had like a high probability for success. Yeah. And you fix the thing. So it's like there's like a few ways that you sort of made that the whole thing enjoyable.
1: And I think that's why coffee tables are such a good first or second project too. Because a lot of times someone either doesn't have a coffee table or has a really ugly coffee table. So one, it's super functional because. Coffee tables are convenient, and B, they're usually not too complicated to to make, and there's a kind of a lot of room for error. You know, you can hide a lot of stuff. So,
2: yep. yeah, yeah, and bigger projects too. I think mm-hmm. really small exactly. projects can be frustrating in their own way. <laughs> yeah,
1: because every small mistake looks yeah. that much bigger. Yeah, exactly. So cool. What do you uh? What are you obsessed with, Ben? It's been a while since you gave us one.
2: Oh, let's see. Well, corian has been the sort of material obsession. Uh, uh yeah. that I've really been into, it's just, it's just so interesting and, and different. And I like that it. It's like, you can, you can make sort of, you know, things that you can eat off of. Um, and I like that it. It's sort of futuristic. I think it opens it up to a lot of sort of make furniture that looks like it came out of Westworld or something. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's been a really fun thing. Um, also let's see, uh, oh, I know, uh, I went to a concert and I hardly ever go to concerts. Um, mm, who'd you see? I went, to, <laughs> I went to a Philip Glass concert. Uh, okay. And he, he's a composer. And I think the thing that was really interesting is that he's like 80 years old. And he played like an incredibly, you know, I mean, I'm not a musician, but it seemed like a really complex piece of like uh, of music that he composed on the, on the piano. Man, I was just thinking like how awesome that would be to be like 80 years old and still on top of your game like that. Right. I'm sure it's maybe not as great as, you know, as he was when he was younger, but it was just it was incredible. It was like a pretty small venue. He also debuted some some new music uh, along with a, a cellist that was incredible. That made me go and check out uh, some of his other music, which I'd always been familiar with him more for his movie scores, which are which are excellent. And I ended up sort of downloading uh, uh, a couple of his albums and now that's been like my sort of like morning sketchbook kind of design music there's no oh. lyrics in it it's like very instrumental yep it also has like a very i don't know like it, it, it for me it reminds me of like i guess the sort of structure in the way he sort of cascades things and sort of builds up these sort of like it's almost like suspense mm-hmm. uh it, it reminds me of a lot of like contemporary electronic music in a lot of ways so Philip glass check it out it's it's pretty interesting stuff
0: you know what? Sweet. That made me think of, this is kind of like a mini topic, but something that you just brought up about him being 80 years old and still being on top of his game. This is something I've always thought about. With most, like just think of bands that you like. It seems like their best work was like in their early 20s or whatever, or everybody's favorite work of theirs. So then it always makes me think, okay, did they, obviously you wouldn't. they wouldn't have gotten worse, but did they just like run out of things to say, or are they not as hungry? Or is it just that like music is such a personal thing to the listener that they're so wanting, like whatever they liked initially from that band that they can't keep remaking that. So we just think it's not as good, but then something like, you know, if you're a furniture designer or whatever, it doesn't seem like, oh yeah, his stuff in his early twenties was the best. But then after that, it it all sucked.
1: I think this is just spitballing off the top of my head is you mentioned them being young in the early twenties. Uh I think that's when most people uh, feel most free to experiment. And most of the time, anybody in music or whatever it is really get notoriety. It's for something that they've done either outside of the box, something inventive in the space, Mm -hmm. whereas maybe if it's a professional musician and they make a couple albums and they do really well, people think that maybe that's all people want to hear from me. So Mm -hmm. they lose that intuitive, like experimental quality that got them the notoriety they have. That's what's so amazing about Radiohead. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, I know, exactly. And so when Ben talks about um, that guy, his last name is Glass, I keep thinking Todd Glass, the comedian, and that's definitely not it. (laughs) Philip Glass. Philip Glass, and and maybe that's what it is, is he's 80 years old and he's still premiering new music he's composed, you know? so the, maybe that's how you stay on the top of your game is to constantly
2: enjoy the process
1: enjoy the process and avoid complacency
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: tying it all back together
2: uh, have fun with the process the, yeah. the song i would recommend if you want to hear uh the song that really sort of uh that he played first that i was like oh yeah i'm into this, this. <laughs> uh was a uh, mad rush so mad rush okay. by phil glass check that out and tell me what you think if you like it hit me up if you don't shut your face <laughs> don't tell me <laughs> shut your face <laughs>
0: Chris I'm uh so lately my kid has been watching a lot of a YouTube channel called Nerdy Nummies which it's, it's a pretty big channel it's got like 8 million subscribers but it's yeah. actually pretty cool so she makes like cakes and oh okay. di- different treats like that so it's a, a baking show basically and a lot of them will be based off of like different video game characters or sci-fi movies or, or kids movies um but, like, it's cool because the stuff that she makes is actually, like, super good, which I don't know why you wouldn't think it would be. Obviously, she's got a huge channel. But so like,
1: you've made some Nerdy Nummies yourself? We haven't
0: made any. We've just been oh. watching them. But it's cool. I like I like that he's watching that because it's kind of like what we were talking about, just that whole, like, you know, making food or building yeah. furniture or whatever. It's still making stuff. So it's cool to see him watch something that's, like, a craft and, and he's interested in it. And he's already, like, wanted to – like, last week he got – an obsession with making this, it was terrible, but he wanted to get warm milk and cold milk, and then you combine them, and then you cut up a banana and put it in it, and then you stick it in the freezer.
2: So just like, yeah, yeah, so
0: just to like see that spark of like, oh, they're making stuff, I can come up with something that I'll make. Did you make it? We made it, and he took like two drinks from it, and he pretended that it was good, and then he didn't touch it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That old, that old, not warm, not cold milk banana thing. Yeah, 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 for (laughs) Not great. I it's know, a, I, love warm, I love the combination, combination of warm and, about, and cold milk. So it's, it's, it's about, like, about uh, as good as a, as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on toast. <laughs> hey,
0: that's the <a laughs> best way to eat a kiwi. Actually, when I was little, I I'm remember gonna, one I, time I made a, well two, I had two terrible invention, culinary inventions. There was watermelon turnovers I tried making with my great grandma. Those did not work because mm. watermelon pretty much just like disintegrates in the heat. And then mm. I, for some reason I thought, I always used to think when I was little and if I was cooking something, it was like I was a scientist. So Mm -hmm. I made a quesadilla and cut up apples and put it in it and it was not good. (laughs) I
1: believe it. (laughs) That's weird. How about you, Mike? Um, Mine is gonna be very simple. It's a discovery from today, hashtag not a sponsor. I hope they are at some point because I use enough of their products. But uh, Minwax makes a stain called Provincial, Provincial. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how you actually pronounce that. Uh, Like a province? Yeah, like prov yes i know i feel so stupid not being able to say it but provincial provincial is how i would say it if i were to say it um which i am saying it um (laughs) looks great don't know why i haven't been using that i think anytime i'm going for a darker stain i've used the dark walnut i've used the special walnut um, I've used okay, the so like it's a stain? the yeah, yeah yeah it's the Minwax just oh, so normal yeah that stain. makes sense
2: so it's like it means sorry yeah, like sort of like a country or region kind it of like is a small yeah area.
1: it looks just kind of like anytime you think like modern farmhouse or kind of like you know that uh, fixer upper that show on HGTV yep. it's very
2: farmhouse chic kind of thing yes modern farm, yeah
1: yeah it's it's kind of just like it doesn't go too far in any one direction. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of my like new go to stain anytime I want to stain something darker. Even though a couple weeks ago we just got like we were just going on a rant about putting natural finish on everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. this, this is a really cool stain. It looks really great, so I think I'm gonna Hypocrit. be using it quite a bit in the future. Sh- shout out
2: shout out to Minwax. I use a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's great. I like their polyacrylic uh, yes. for like a low VOC clear finish and And I using it their... on any light wood because yeah.
1: it doesn't amber. It
2: doesn't yellow. And I used their wipe on poly recently and to great success. Oh, yeah on that bench. It it, it came out. Yeah, yeah, really real nice product I'll probably use that more and just uh, Enjoy the fumes. It's a little more (laughs) It's a little more nasty than the polycrylic
1: It's just nice that it's a relatively quick finish, but it like it's a relatively I mean uh, like sturdy finish Whatever you want to say that word is but it doesn't take too long. It's kind of like the trade-off
2: is there. It's worth it Nice good stuff this podcast endorses minwax stuff
1: yeah i think so. they're not a sponsor yeah but i but also like watco danish oil is great and rustoleum yeah. makes good products as well but you know Haven't what you never th- want
2: to do with your danish oil like with the Ooh. rags for, uh, from it oh boy let's are uh, bundle them up <laughs> in a trash can. The my housekeeper like accidentally threw them all in with like uh normal clothes in the laundry oh <laughs> the no house. so i like i go and i put on a shirt i'm like why is this like t-shirt smell like Oil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's my everything. new scent. Yeah. And it like, took forever for it to get out. It's like the red oh, sock. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The red yeah.
1: sock and all your whites. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys got anything else for this week? No. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you enjoy the show, haven't given us a review yet. I'm starting to wonder if you ever will. Uh, we would really appreciate <laughs> it still.
0: Us? Yeah. Quit withholding. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're doing good, though, in the results. You know, I kind of looked at them the other day. Or in reviews, I said results. But in terms of quantity and quality of the reviews, really impressive. We're sitting it with a five-star overall. So thanks a lot to everyone that's given us a review. Uh, Anybody that's given us topic suggestions and questions, keep them coming. And I think that's about it, right? That's it. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 I was waiting for you guys to say (laughs) bye. Y'all were waiting on me.
0: Later.